Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished marketing guru from India, Mr. Rajesh Kumar. Rajesh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, Rajesh is the Vice President Marketing of UiPath for India and South Asia. And he's earlier spent time with organizations like SAP, Microsoft, Soft, Perfetti, and Pernorica. So Rajesh, today let's talk about UiPath and marketing. Tell me about UiPath. UiPath is one of the very interesting companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a very interesting new field called automation. Mm-hmm. So it was started by uh, you know, a gentleman called Daniel Dines out of a room in Bucharest. Mm-hmm. You know, he had 10 young college graduates. Yeah. They worked on the technology for a long time. As he always calls it, you know, we became overnight success after slogging for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So which was you know 2015. And after that, the company has been growing. Mm-hmm. It actually works in a very interesting area. You mm-hmm. know, if you look at and it's very pertinent now. Uh, with the great resignation, you know, movement right. across the world, mm-hmm. is that thirty to eighty percent of our work tends to be mundane, repetitive work, mm-hmm. which uh, usually nobody is excited about. You mm-hmm. know, we all want to do our creative, you know, work, empathy work. Uh, that's what excites us. Mm-hmm. So automation today, and this is software automation we are talking about. It takes care of all the repetitive, mundane work in a reasonably intelligent way. Therefore, releasing time for everyone to do their best. Also to address, you know, shortage of working uh, age, manpower Mm. in many countries across the world. Mm. So uh, to, uh, you know, understand a little better, you also comment that we make software robots so people don't have to be robots. Is this the the 70% repetitive work that you're talking about? Please, I mean, haven't you many times in a work, I don't know if you have, I have. Mm-hmm. felt that you know i was just a cog in the overall machinery mm-hmm. i was just plugging away the same thing again and again and again you know without opportunity for doing it differently or making it more exciting mm-hmm. you know and you know the mundane fills and crowds out the great work mm-hmm. so so that's why we've got this line you know is that you know we take the robot out of the human okay and we we help you do what you love doing and we take away what you hate doing. So that's sort of the... understand. So Rajesh, for my viewers and listeners, can you give me an example of uh, any one example that, you know, can come out of uh, our normal lives and be handled by a robot? Yeah. Let me give you a couple. Mm -hmm. Let me give you one, for example, very typical example for all of us is, Mm -hmm. you know, when you are making a travel booking change, Mm -hmm. right? You call a travel agent, mm-hmm. you know, you go through many menus and then you eventually reach the person and uh, then they try to help you. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to match data across different systems, usually mm-hmm. anywhere between eight to 15 systems. Mm-hmm. So an average call takes about 18 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. out of which they talk to you for a minute, they keep you on hold for a while, and mm-hmm. then they are trying to do their best to match that data and solve your problem. Mm-hmm. And many times it doesn't even get solved in one call. Right. So now, if your call reached a computer or, or a you know a customer support executive, mm-hmm. and they are able to trigger a bot, mm-hmm. the 
bot crawls across different systems, collects your data and gives this person in front of them everything relating to you in a few seconds. Okay. So, you know, if it was like a 20 minute call, they can solve that in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. All data is available. They will most likely be able to solve your problem in one go, making you happier. And on top of that, they will be able to spend time talking to you, listening mm. to you and giving you, you know, a human touch, which is what inspires experience. Okay. And this was very, very useful during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the airlines we worked with, they used to get two to 3,000, you know, such calls, service calls a week. Mm. And uh, suddenly in the pandemic, they started getting 20,000 a day. Mm -hmm because everybody was in a rush to change cancellations and so on. They deployed bots. Obviously, you know, these are infinitely scalable or pull back and they managed to solve all the backlog in a week. Obviously, this was, you know, a great experience for their customers. Amazing. Amazing. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit now about marketing, you know, because that's an area that you have spent so much time on. <clears throat> you moved, you know, you've handled everything from technology marketing to FMCG to alcohol. Uh, do tell us what is the difference that you see in marketing uh, a brand, which is a technology brand, like what you're doing now, or an FMCG brand, or even an alcohol brand? It's been very interesting, actually. I mean, I necessarily didn't do it by design. Mm -hmm. I'm by nature, a tinkerer, a wanderer. Mm -hmm. and something tends to you know bore me or something new exciting appears i run in that direction mm. because in hindsight i can look at the strategic but yes it helped me a lot it helped me see the profession of marketing and brands from mm. multiple angles mm. when i started career for example in consumer goods or right. where there is so much about art of the brand mm. And as you go into consumer goods, it's so much about science and operational, you know, excellence. Mm -hmm. you know, the detail is a lot. Mm -hmm. And in tech, we always tend to think, you know, the the rational or the technology uh, feature set tends to sway the consumer. Mm -hmm. But reality is, it's a good combination of science and art. You know, brands, as I've learned, you know, and observed, are living things. Correct. You know, and they, of course, mean the meaning can be different in different contexts, but they are almost like people we like to deal, like to do business with. Mm -hmm. Everyone always likes to work with friends, mm -hmm. always like to work with people they trust and people who continue to stay relevant. Same mm -hmm. thing goes for the brand, mm -hmm. you know, and that's been one, you know, learning. And now we are beginning to talk about, you know, brands having a purpose and, you know, people seeing a higher cause. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, as thinking evolves, the brands must continue to evolve. Okay, they are okay. as relevant across all categories. Very interesting. So my next question is that, you know, we are seeing an increasing number of B2B startups from India. How important is marketing in their context? Firstly, I'm so happy. You know, there are so many unicorns out of India and so mm. many of them in B2B SaaS space. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I think it it's, does so much for the nation, for the talent here, and for the world. Correct. Now, to me, marketing is probably the most important function, you know, along with the product and journey of a startup. Mm. You know, because you are at the inception of something great. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you christen it? How do you shape it? How do you, you know, communicate it? How do you 
get people to see it, understand it, befriend it. Mm -hmm. It's really, really important. Right. Marketing is really a CEO's, you know, top, you know, priority along with getting the product, you know, mm -hmm. right. So to me, it's most important. And if we are to build, you know, large, phenomenal, generational, global organizations, you know, out of this phenomena of unicorns in India, you know, we must, must really pay heed to this and build a longer term strategy and, you know, brand that vibes with the audience and which has a purpose for the world and, you know, stays on relevant and prospers for a long, long time. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I speak to people who are in the B2B business, there is often a, a debate relate, ask about the value of brand marketing um, versus the generation of demand. I'd love to get your perspective on that. It's quite interesting, you know, you asked me that question and I've often reflected on this because I came from selling, like you said, you know, luxury goods then to consumer goods and then to B2B, mm -hmm. which was serendipitous because I actually jumped onto a startup and, you know, that was not doing so well. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on to tech. Mm -hmm. That's kind of almost the first job that came to me after that. Mm -hmm. I think the, you know, the, the, uh, somehow people have always thought of, you know, B2B tech brands as function sells itself, mm -hmm. you know, which probably to some extent, you know, true, but people, like I said, you know, the brand is very, very important. And in the context of startups, we tend to always be driven by shorter term goals and driving leads and, you know, generation, you know, lead generation and, you know, pipeline opportunities and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And they're all absolutely important. Right. But, you know, people have to first call you to the party before they start doing business with you. Correct. You know, so doing tons of cold calls or bombarding them with the information or communication, they don't really you know, understand or more importantly, appreciate or welcome is not going to get us very far. So, you know, and it's in a, in a startup situation, it's even more important because they're doing something new and many cases new to the world. People don't understand till they really see them in action and right. to even go there. They want to trust you as a company. They want mm -hmm. to trust you as a founder, mm -hmm. they want to trust you as somebody who's bringing into them. Mm -hmm. You know, once they start identifying, they will provide you an opening. They will give permission to sell to them. Mm -hmm. And that's when the rest of it starts. Okay. So really, and, and now I think the latest studies I was reading, I think it's in McKinsey and also then Bain and BCG. Mm -hmm. The companies which, you know, invest time, effort to build a brand, mm -hmm. see a higher return on investment in all of their demand initiatives as well. Mm -hmm. You know, everything lands better once you have a better you know, uh, brand recognition, understanding, mm. appreciation, and if I can use the word, you know, friendliness with your consumers. Wow. Okay. And uh, what is account-based engagement in the B2B marketing space? Yeah, this is a, this is a, you know, uh, something I'd love to talk about. Mm -hmm. If you look at the B2B space, and when mm -hmm. I say B2B, which means companies selling to other companies, mm. right? And uh, and always when you're selling, you will find that the larger companies have a larger requirement. Mm -hmm. They're larger consumers, they'll tend to buy larger. And unlike a lot of consumer goods, B2B business usually is for keeps. 
Okay. You know, once you start doing business, they will have an ongoing requirement, mm. will grow over a period of time. Therefore, it's a very longer term relationship. Mm. And companies, when they buy, it is like a group buying. You know, multiple functions come together. Mm -hmm. Somebody will be directly using it. Somebody will be enabling it. Somebody will doing the financial transaction fees. Somebody will evaluate the technology. So it's like a group, you know, buying. Mm -hmm. So when you deal with really large accounts, which mean a lot to you over a year or even over multiple years, mm -hmm. it really comes down to the science of one-to-one -one marketing, mm -hmm. where you are really marketing your company to that organization and different mm -hmm. people within that organization, which either are involved in decision-making or consume your product or service or, you know, or are impacted by it in some fashion. Mm -hmm. So the whole science of bringing it together, focusing on one organization or one account mm -hmm. in terms of you know, getting to know them, getting them to know you, getting them to understand you, appreciate you, getting them to understand your product or service, mm -hmm. You know, make the buying decision and then get to, to use it and get full value out of it and then come back to you. Okay. You know, okay. That translated to construct of a single account is really the account-based marketing. Very interesting. And uh, as you look back at all your experience and look at what you are doing in UiPath, what are your views on what lies ahead for top marketers in B2B? I think more exciting times. Mm -hmm. When I started B2B marketing or being mm -hmm. in the field, you know, we were slaves to mass media. Mm -hmm. When you come from a consumer marketing, suddenly, you know, you cannot do exciting creative communication because there will be too much spillage. Right. And you always then thought of, like I said, you know, like being a rational mind. I think now everyone recognizes more than ever before. Mm -hmm. Eventually we are selling to people. You know, whether we are selling individual or to organization. Mm -hmm. If I am head of a function and I'm buying some technology, I'm really buying it for the purpose of, you know, making a difference to my role, making a difference to performance of my organization and, you know, how this product or service will benefit. So one good decision can drive my career forward mm -hmm. or one poor decision can actually pull me back. So, you know, there is a lot at, you know, stake. Mm. So that's how I tend to think of, you know, the B2B. And I think with the release or with the freedom to now almost advertise one-to-one, -one, mm -hmm. reduce great creative piece of communication at a much lower cost with the, you know, benefit of digital technologies and being able to, you know, do things like measure people's intent based on search, and be able to reach them and you know sell to them one-to-one. Uh, -one. I think the sphere is wide open. Actually, the line is blurred. I no longer think of it as you know, B2B, B2C. I just think of it as a you know overall spectrum of marketing. Yeah. And what is I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, there's B2B, there's B2C, there's D2C, there is B2B2C. You know, I think we love love these little little um, abbreviations, but ultimately it is between the manufacturer and the, the consumer you know, and who owns the brand. So well said. So uh, my next question to you, Rajesh, is that uh, how is digital transforming B2B marketing? I think digital is actually making things a lot more insightful, mm -hmm. a lot more targeted, a lot more deeper and allowing for a lot more creativity. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I was to take example of uh, a business like ours or mm -hmm something similar to ours. 
you know, we are today able to understand from intent data analytics, mm. you know, what are people searching for? Mm. You know, what are they really looking for? Mm. And therefore, rather than going something very broad based, we are able to go specifically to organizations and within organizations, say functions or locations. Mm. And this is all within the ambit of, you know, respecting people's privacy. Right go very specific to who's looking for something like this. Mm. And then when we communicate to people who are not, you know, who are the people who are actually getting interested by that? You mm. know, it really starts there. So we can be very focused and sharp mm. and go to people who are looking for it, therefore be relevant, not cause a wastage on our end, not cause a, you know, uh, any kind of, you know, unwanted, unsolicited communication at their end, mm. right? Then as, and today, internet or your website, you know, or social media is really first port of call. Mm -hmm. So once people start engaging, we're really able to track, you know, what they're consuming, what they're looking for, who they are, depending on, you know, how much they're willing to share. As there is a valuable exchange of information, people gradually begin to share information about them. Mm -hmm. Helps us be targeted, right. communicate with them, bring them to a place where, you know, they move to the next stage of buying. And then once they have done that, we are able to connect them to their peer community, which no longer because of digital is, you know, is, is limited by geography or, you know, where they are, which function they are, they can really connect to, I mean, there are digital watering holes for every function, every industry, mm. every profession. Okay. And people are able to share learnings. They are able to share with others mm. and we are able to help them get full value out of what they invested in. Mm. So that's the power of digital. I mean, in principle, we did the same thing, but this is a lot more efficient, a lot more connected and a lot more easier now, especially like we went through the last two year crisis, you've mm -hmm. done everything digital. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, so uh, my next question, and I'm going to ask one more question and then move to a few questions for you personally. I'd love to get your perspective on what are your thoughts on ESG uh, in the context of branding? I'll hark back to what I said earlier, mm -hmm. right? Which is that brands are living beings. Mm -hmm. You know, as you get to know them, you want to deal with somebody who's relevant, mm -hmm. somebody who's authentic, and somebody who is in touch with what is what the consumers want today. Mm -hmm. So ESG is, you know, such a big topic of concern for everyone mm -hmm. you know, the climate changes you know kind of you know incursions we have made into natural resources mm -hmm. you know and and you know impacted sustainability we are seeing mm -hmm. it all around us mm -hmm. now at one end i would say digital or the technology today allows you to measure and track everything mm -hmm. you know and you know hold people or hold companies accountable mm -hmm. on the other end it allows you to enable so firstly, from a brand perspective, the brand being a responsible citizen of the world mm -hmm. who cares about what people care about and mm -hmm. does something real, you know, mm -hmm. and not just talk about it and get away. Because also with the advent of digital and social media, you mm -hmm. cannot, you know, create a facade that and be, you know, black box behind it. Mm -hmm. People tend to see, hear and know very fast. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not just your talk, but your walk that matters. Very interesting. You know, so being, I would say, 
being sensitive to what your consumers in the world is expecting to mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. you know taking a stance about it and actually doing something that matters mm-hmm. is important for all brands fascinating so rajesh i'm going to move to the next segment of our conversation um, i've time for two or three questions for you personally uh, my first question is you know in a successful career like you've had across multiple industries what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points in your life or your career yeah i would say you know um, firstly and i have over a period where i'm trying to you know started to think of it as a virtue mm-hmm. which i initially didn't you know because you all brought up you know my father taught in university it was always one thing you do for the rest of your life mm. you know i started by doing engineering so which i call you know like tinkering mm-hmm. you know bug so i started by doing engineering i worked in engineering for some time then i went to business school jumped to completely unrelated you know alcohol luxury industry then mm. then to startup tech and so on and so forth right so and i continue to you know do that mm. so i think the this restlessness or nature to be curious mm-hmm. and keep hankering after if i can use that word something new mm. has kind of helped me mm. you know it helped me stay relevant it helped me keep my career life work interesting mm. i would say second i think as a generation i was fortunate when i finished my you know masters i got to work during the liberalization era mm-hmm. almost saw a complete transformation to an era from an era where you had to book a telephone and you know wait for connection for months or book a scooter mm-hmm. you know, have foreign exchange to buy one to today, where there is surfeit of things i think just being a part of experiencing and observing both is given so much of uh, i would say reflection and understanding and perspective mm-hmm. and obviously it has also afforded a lot of opportunity for growth because everything has been growing in this period yeah and third and last i would say i again it was fortuitous you know that i jumped on to a startup in dot mm-hmm. com 1.0 time mm-hmm. which was like year 2000 mm-hmm. it was a very new phenomenon both sort of tech mm-hmm. and tech driven startups mm-hmm. that i think emboldened me mm-hmm. to make many more bets and jump on to tech and then mm-hmm. subsequently again jump on to startup do some startup work in free time and so on mm-hmm. and so forth i think that's also you know if i had not done that probably i would have been a lot more shy to do this now amazing amazing so got time for one more question so uh, this question is for all the young people who will be listening to you and me what would your advice be to a young individual who's starting off on her or his journey in the corporate world i don't know if i have a lot of advice mm-hmm. like i said you know all advice is in hindsight they are probably facing a different reality so you know so i would say a few things one i think you know try to get a lot of experiences which are different from what you already know mm-hmm. i think that tends to you know open us a lot whether at work whether at personal life you know mm-hmm. travel any, anything second thing i would say you know you can fail and it's okay mm-hmm. you have to give yourself again like i said in our generation is harder we are always supposed to be successful correct but i think it's it's important you know we we forgive ourselves and you know move on mm-hmm. and uh, and and third i would say 
you know invest in building relationships i think you know above all else yeah it's people who bring joy fulfillment and eventually success to you mm. very interesting rajesh on that note uh, thank you so much for speaking to me thank you for talking to me at such length on technology marketing sharing with me your incredible thoughts on you know b2b space and what goes into building a brand in that space um and thank you for talking to me about uh, you know some of your own uh, milestones thank you again and good luck thank you so much thank you for having me i really enjoyed being on the show and anyone has any questions anything you want to reach out to me i'm on social media i'll be very happy to engage thank, thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you